It's February 10th, 2017, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. So welcome back, everyone. We are now in the second week of February, and I have no idea how that happened, but here we are. It's a Friday, <laughs> we ne- even. We never know how it happens. It just I know. magically appears. Isn't that what we start every podcast with? How yeah. did it get to how be this date? Right. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Of course, now, you know, Valentine's Day is around the corner, so... It is. If you haven't done your planning, just be aware you're... you're yeah. yeah. At least get a card. <laughs> yeah. It, at this point, your your choices will be limited because I'm sure all the good cards have been taken. Yeah. yeah. And all the, all the good reservations have been taken at all the restaurants. And Right. Yeah. We were talking about um, the Architecture Happy Hour meetup earlier, and it's the day after Valentine's Day. So do you have it? Do you not? I mean, you could try, but I mean, I think people are still trying to have dinner and trying to do this and that. And it's like... It's like trying to plan it around Thanksgiving. You know, the one in November was always... Right. You, know, you came down to, you're like, okay, we're getting close to, to Thanksgiving. Is anyone going to show up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just never know. Yeah. Well, and in fact, I had... Um, this is not terribly related, but I got a call this week from uh, a networking friend, a gal yeah. that um, has been more in the construction side of things, but she has an architecture degree. And so she had an opportunity to go to work for a firm, an actual design build firm, where she would be their drafts person. Um, Because she's been more on the construction side, Mm -hmm. she's not been able to get her um, you know, start her IDP or, you know, the internship or get on with a firm that where yeah. she would be under an architect where she could start working towards getting her license. Yeah. So she had this potential opportunity to go that route. And she has always known she'd wanted to get licensed someday. Okay. So she kind of saw this as a, a foot in the door. And uh, so she had called me to ask me for some advice and to kind of like, is this how this works? And is this the rule? And I was like, <laughs> I could tell you what it was 15 years ago. I don't even no. remember, but you know. Yeah. So yeah, I think the economy now has improved to the point where fortunately firms are hiring again and there are yeah. opportunities for folks that maybe got out of school when when things were down sure. and now they're they're heading back up. And so she's now probably one of many who is now kind of revisiting the idea that she could maybe get back into architecture and get yeah. licensed. And so that kind of made me think of, all that we learn in internships and all that we don't learn in school yeah. and all that needs to be taught. I mean, it, when you, there's a reason the internship has to be under a licensed architect because there's so much to be learned. Oh, yeah. And so I think Larry and I both have had uh, some experiences recently where we thought, yeah, we didn't learn this yeah. in school. It we been so helpful. The school of hard knocks, maybe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the uh, you know it's it's they, and I think it's school gets so focused on design and, and pushing you to, you know, this is how buildings work. This is what this does, but they don't teach you. We're, we're thinking, you know, they never taught us how to how to really present because let's face it, most of our presentations were with two hours of sleep and we're trying to point at things and we don't know what we're talking and this everything's just blurry. So you think, oh, I think it's right, whatever. So you, you don't know how to present. Well, and in and that sort of jury situation where you're presenting your yeah. project, you're having to defend it and tell 
the the jurors or the professors why your idea is good or why it's right. Yeah. That's not how it works in front of a client. <laughs> the client is right, yeah. and you it's a totally different conversation. So I don't see how that process is even helpful. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but, we're talking about, you know, no one taught us how to present or how to communi- communicate. <laughs> I can't talk today. <laughs> Speaking of communication, but how to communicate with clients or contractors or consultants or how do you have these conversations with people? And it brought us around to this idea of, you know, the ultimate thing of which everyone's terrified of talking about is, you know, how do you talk about money with a client? And that's, let's face it, we're doing these projects with, you know, if you're doing commercial, we're talking millions of dollars at stake here. But even for us, you know, for doing residential, you know, it's potentially hundreds of thousands. And how do you have that conversation about money and what does it really mean? And, and, you know, a lot of times you, you sit down with clients and they have an expectation and that kind of gets blown. So what's your next move? So we, we wanted to talk about basically sort of the whole sitting down with the client to talk about when you get to the final bid. You, know, you have numbers that you can actually talk about and how do you approach it? You know, and my thought has always been you just rip the band-aid off. You know, there's never sugarcoating it. There's just, let's just you know take it and go rip and here's where we are and then take it from there because they're going to see that number at some point. So I want to talk a little bit about the process because, you know, you sit down with the client and they'll tell you what their budget is, or sometimes they won't because we've gone through this before. Right. We try to get their budget as early in the process, even before we sign on to be their architect. We need to know that they're realistic and that they've thought through or have some idea of what they want to spend. Yeah. If they know they're going to spend this much and they're talking about this much, then they're kind of having that conversation of, okay, let's... Rain it in a little bit because you're, I can tell just by talking to you, you're way out of bounds. Right. Most people want way more than they can afford or than they want to, than yeah. they want to spend. Yeah. Um, and they don't quite get that. And yeah. so that's part of our job really early on is to either help them understand that, that they can get everything they want. It's just going to cost this much more or right. we need to prioritize yeah. and or phase it yeah. so that you can do this piece at another time. And let's focus on what's really high priority right now. Well, you know, what are your wants and what are your needs? What do you right. have to have? What are the critical items in this project that you just can't live without? Yeah, and sometimes that means talking to a realtor and getting advice on what is good for resale. Yeah. I had that conversation with a realtor just this morning. We reviewed a plan for one of his clients because he said, I'm good with what you've shown me, but show it to my realtor because I want to know I'm making good decisions. Uh, so I sat down with him and we kind of tweaked it a little bit and I think we came up with a better, you know, more cohesive solution that he then can market right. as a listing Without any problem. He said, I could put this on the market and have no qualms about getting good offers. So that's kind of nice to know going into it is that your investment is safe and that you can get a good return on it if you have to sell. Yeah. So that is helpful. Your challenge, though, is back when we were still working together, a client came in and actually said, well, my budget's this. And I remember Holly and you and Holly were working on the plans and the design and everything they wanted in it and... You're like, there's no way we're going to build this for this. Was, we're going to be over the budget. And yeah. not only to find out the client had told you a low number. Yeah, they had really to, lowballed us by at least 100000 Yeah, just to just to, so you didn't over-design it or overdo it or whatever. It's like, 
Yeah, that's not helpful. That's not helpful at all. <laughs> but it was nice that they had a higher number. Yes, that was a nice surprise. It actually ended up a higher number. Yeah, and we're like, so how much higher? Yeah. <laughs> how much more can we go? Yeah. How much more can we squeeze out of you? Right. So, yeah, so even though you know, the client will tell you this is what they want to spend, it's not always necessarily their maximum. There are people who are like, you know, this is the absolute bust. But, you know, you do have clients who know they'd be comfortable spending this much more if they knew they were going to get yeah, what they want. Yeah, you just want. have to have, you have, to have that honest con- conversation. Yeah. yeah. But again, you know, you don't, you have to learn that as you're going along. You said, right. you know, the, the woman you were talking to who wants to get back into architecture, that you're just going to learn. This yeah. is a conversation you're having and, and here's how it goes. But the, you know, the other, other part of that too is, you know, once we've worked through the pro- project and you know, we know what the plans look like and we've sat down with the contractor and he's come out to bid, you know, it's that conversation with the contractor, you know, coming back and saying, okay, now now tell us what this is really going to cost and be gentle. Um, and so most of, most of the times everything looks okay. You, know, you're you mean like individual numbers, numbers yeah, from individual each numbers sub. individual numbers from subs look mm-hmm. okay. Every once in a while you'll get a bid back and you're like, well, that's just just ridiculous. You know, I think I was right before I left, uh, left HPD. I was looking at a commercial bid, and I'm like, this guy's electrical number is this, and this guy's is like $27,000 less. Yeah, who didn't understand the plans? Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, where's the disconnect? You need to go back and talk to your guys and look at this again, because this isn't making any sense to me. So oftentimes, you know, you'll have that conversation with the contractor. There'll be something out of whack. But every once in a while, you know, you you look at it, and you're like, well, that all makes sense, you know. It, it looks like real numbers. And at that point, you have to make that decision. Do we send it back and try to get a better number for some of these? Or do we not? Have them rebid it with it? different subs, yeah. Yeah, or is this just where we are? Yeah, and you have to know your contractor, too, to know mm-hmm. whether you've given them enough information to get real numbers or yeah. are they just ballparking it and padding it to kind of, you know, Cover their butts. ensure themselves, yeah, that they can... Yeah. actually still do it once they get more information right. uh, or are they taking it seriously and they understand yeah. what they're bidding well you know and and i think part of the challenge there too is that more and more clients want it to happen quickly oh yeah and the faster it can go the better th- off things are so you know yeah your drawings may not be 100 percent complete but they're close enough the contractor can get close and so I think that happens, you end up with that padding, and the numbers are kind of real, but not real. And Yeah, I know. had the experience just yesterday meeting with some potential new clients who were talking to me about the remodel they wanted to do, and they had already talked to a general contractor who went and wrote up a whole five-page bid, or not bid, but estimate, you know, mm-hmm. to give them an idea of what it would cost. And I sat with them and went through line by line what he had written down and what he was bidding kind of you know he gave him like a chunk of number for paint and drywall and you know he grouped things together but still once we started breaking it down i thought you don't know what kind of window he's has has in mind because you haven't told him what you want and you haven't told him what quality is good enough for you and probably what he's bidding is not good enough for you and so same thing with trim he had bid to replace to take off the baseboards and put in the new wood engineered floor and then put the old baseboards back on 
and they this is a 40 year old house with nasty baseboards <laughs> that are not you know they've been painted 18 times yeah. they you know they they're, look like junk they're coming off in pieces yeah and yeah. and the the homeowner was like oh, well of course i want new baseboards well he didn't put that in there yeah and if we you know if he hadn't caught it or we hadn't caught it he would have been stuck with a huge change order yeah. and it you know delays in the project and more just more yeah. expense. So yeah, you really, really have to walk through it line by line and understand what you're getting. And that's what I told him. I said, you can't realistically understand what this project's gonna cost until we come measure the house, do existing drawings, do schematics, you know, and also make a big list of allowances because he's gonna put in $2 square foot tile when we're actually really wanting more like five or $6, Six. a square foot. Yeah. And we need to tell him, we want five to seven dollar a square foot engineered floor, not three. You know, like there's, you have to tell him the level of quality that he has to put in there. Otherwise, he's going to lowball it just yeah. to get the project, and then you're, you're kind of stuck. Yeah, you know, we had a um, project recently. I was helping Steve, Steve Arn, friend here in the office. Mm -hmm. I was helping him with, and there was a contractor that he had met and wanted to get involved in the project. You know, just first potential first project to work with them and so he had emailed him and he said hey can you send me a copy of what you have you know plan wise just so I can see what's going on not sure not a problem send him off the PDF first meeting with a client he wants to bring him in numbers really estimated cost for construction you haven't even met these people and you want to come in with numbers and I told him no the contractor, contractor wanted to come in with yeah. numbers based on the preliminary plan yeah. you sent. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, no. I no. said, I'm not showing this to the client. No, 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 no. Because, no, we, they don't even know they want to use you. And if they think this is too high, you're scaring them off. Or and, or if it or, sounds too good to be true, it is. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so there's always those, those things to kind of consider. But normally it's, you know... More often than not here lately, it's been the numbers are, you know, seem to be lining up, you know, really, you know, nothing too too far out of whack, so let's go talk to the client. Well, we had a, a experience recently where um, this was one of Holly's projects. She did the drawings. She did the specifications. She described, you know, to the nth degree the kind of cabinets we wanted and um, sent it off to the contractor. We got a bid back, and the cabinet number seemed okay reasonable pretty good whatever and when it came time to then ask for samples we wanted stain grade rift cut oak and stain grade you know a couple mm -hmm. other things and he goes well that's not what i bid and we're like excuse me that <laughs> that's yeah. what we told you to bid why didn't you bid that and he said oh well most of the time architects don't know what they're talking about with cabinets so i put in what i always you know what i usually do and Okay, when we're, we're done, like, when we're, we're done talking, you and I are going to discuss who that was because I'm real <laughs> curious now. Uh, but yeah, it was it was shocking, and the problem was is that the general contractor who got that bid from that cabinet guy did not double check what he was bidding to make sure it matched what was in the drawings. Wow! And so either it's a giant change order or it's on the head of the contractor. The cabinet guy's eating it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could have been in the room when he said that to Holly. Oh, wow. I'm pretty sure his head rolled on the floor <laughs> because she probably would have said, I don't even know what she would have said, oh, but yeah. oh, oh, goodness, yeah. you don't say that to her. Yeah. Or any 
woman contractor, any architect for God's sake. Yeah, for that matter, yeah. It was, yeah. Wow. It was shocking. And so we were kind of like, oh, great. All right. So now can you get us a real number, please, for what we originally asked for? Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. So there's another little hiccup you need to look out for (laughs) is make sure what's being bid is actually matching the drawings. Yeah. And, you know, and for goodness sake, make sure the math is right. Right. Because well, <laughs> how many times, I mean, I've even seen a contractor who's plugged it all into the formula. He had it all in Excel and everything looked organized and his great. Excel formula went bloop. And his formula was screwed up and the, the final number was way off. It was yeah. like 20,000 less than it should have been. And he was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I think yeah. he caught it in time, but that's super scary. Yeah. Well, um, and, and you know, and, and you, you've got these estimates and you know, when the time comes, I think more and more we're seeing, uh, you know, you you would ideally want them to be exactly what the client was expecting. But in 20 years, I don't know that I've ever seen one that was exactly what the client was expecting. We've always had to come back and say, okay, we're over, you know, what's the... What's the choice here? What do we want to do? And rip that Band-Aid off and just say, mm-hmm. okay, we're over. Now what? What, do you, what, yeah. what would you like to do? What do you, what's your next step? And sometimes it'll be like, yeah, we're close. Let's go ahead and do it. And I've, But more often than not, it's okay. We need to start cutting things out. What do we? How do we value engineer this thing back down? And yeah. um, I was telling Laura that just recently I met with a client and it was a very painful Band-Aid rip. And I'm like, I'll bring cupcakes. We're just going to bring cupcakes. That'll make it better. And uh, when I actually showed Sugar up with cupcakes, the client was like, oh, crap. <laughs> he brought cupcakes. I'm like, well, I said I would. It must be bad. Yeah, oh, no. I was just like, oh. Although I will say this. I've, I've learned something. Um, figured out how serious stress is an eating trigger for me. Oh, because when I saw those those numbers before the client and when the contractor brought them, and I was so sick to my stomach, the only thing I wanted to do was go to the cupcake store and eat whatever they had in the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna order a dozen for me, <laughs> and then just <laughs> oh yeah, you know. And the fact that I actually made it to their house with a half a dozen cupcakes, <laughs> I think is a pretty impressive sign. Good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we, never know. mind the half dozen wrappers in the back seat. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody has to know about those. And the frosting in your beard. <laughs> yeah. it's, just ignore all that. It was, it was fun. Really, it was great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but it was it was just that feeling of I've got to uh, do something to kind of, you know. Well, and it, yeah, because you panic and you feel like you failed the client and you're like, yeah, like what oh went gosh, wrong? How did this, this terrible? Yeah, how did this go off the rails? Yeah, and, you know, and you spent their money and... And yeah, just all that always that sinking feeling. Yeah, of, we take it personally. Oh, very personally. And yeah, and you know, and with residential clients, not so much commercial because you know, it's like sixteen people, and you know, you don't get too involved. Well, commercial is you know. so different. It's yeah. it's black and white, and it's it's yeah. numbers, and it's not emotional, and yeah. you and just do it. Residential and, is so you know you've built this relationship with these clients, and you know you're learning their ins and outs and their personalities and everything's just meshing well and you're getting along and then suddenly you got to go tell them we're 3000 300,000 dollars over budget please don't don't kill me you know <laughs> yeah you see their hopes and dreams just drain so, from their face yeah, and uh, <laughs> they go in the other room and cry and yeah. it's just not pretty it's not pretty it's and not i like, you know and i go in the other room and cry i know yeah, yeah. it's not a good day so yeah but um we're just thinking about you know these are all these things that you know, when it comes down to it, you know, the architecture school doesn't teach you, and your friend is is 
you know, it's like you want to want to give her a heads up and say, okay, brace yourself because this is really. Well, and I'm so know. glad she's had all the experience in construction. I think that's going to serve her really yeah. well. Yeah, because she's seen it from the other side. Sure. And even sure. I did a short stint between architecture offices at a commercial, not commercial, but a production builder, uh-huh. um, home builder. Yeah. And um, that was eye-opening. Oh, I'm sure. Totally eye-opening I'm to sure. see it's a totally how. Different story. Yeah, because those are big planned neighborhoods, and you you get like six, you know, floor pans to choose from, and it's a whole different product right. than a custom-designed one-of-a-kind yeah. home. And um, and that was a helpful experience, even though it was not where I wanted to be. It yeah. was very useful to know how what I was used to doing how it was different. Yeah. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah they, but well, and, and one of our contractors we work with came from the production home building field, mm-hmm. and he could tell you, you know, it's you're pouring 12 pads of concrete for houses, you know, that's your first 12, and they're delivering the lumber on this date for this house, and on this date, you got to order the cabinets because they've just dropped the lumber for this house, and you know, that's how far out behind they are, and just the whole sequencing, and it's just a whole different experience. I had a past client who got very frustrated because. All of the framing on his house just wasn't precision. I mean, you know, and it, it mm-hmm. I don't know why there are, are gaps and things. I'm like, because it's wood, you know, I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, the guys are using, you know, their typical tools. It's how they cut things. And especially like it was a roof rafter issue. Uh, whereas meeting the ridge beam, he goes, well, you go over to this house that they're doing over here, such and such, and everything meets perfectly and nice. And I'm like, because it was precision cut in a factory and plated together. I'm guaranteeing you the angle that this guy is cutting at is what's on his tool. Now, if you want to call that angle at 5.638, the machine in the shop will do it. Right. And it'll be precision. But you're not getting that here because this is being done by hand. I mean, that's right. just, you it's know. It's not 5.6, it's 5.5 and a little. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Five and kind of a half. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, you know, it's just. You know, that sort of thing, but just trying to explain those things uh, got, got very frustrated. Very yeah, frustrated. so I guess the moral of our story is residential yeah. architecture is is messy. <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's emotional, yeah. and, and you have to, you got to just walk the journey with your yeah. client and be honest and... Well, and be ready to rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. Just be ready to do it, you know, know that, you know, all the prep in the world, honestly, I, I think even prepping us in school for having those conversations... Because money is also so personal. Oh, yeah. You know, and we all bring our own head trash into it. Our own baggage and our, into yeah. it. And yeah, you don't want to. So you're having those conversations now and time to put on the big boy pants and go and, you know, bust somebody's dream. <laughs> that's terrible. what I want to do on a Friday. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a fun Friday morning. Yeah. Great way Gosh, to start was, the weekend. Was. Yeah, it was last Friday. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But then I had a conversation with the same client that Larry had to you know, make her go cry. (laughs) And I had a conversation with her after she had recovered slightly. And I said, you know, we run into this more often than not. And, and what we find, it's not fun right now and it doesn't feel good right now, but this was never your house. Even though you fell in love with it, this was never your house and we will work through it and get it so that it is your house. And by the time we're done, we will have prioritized and gotten you a house that serves your needs and it will be better than it was before you will be really happy with what we end up with it just doesn't feel good right now yeah so just trust the process and and be patient and we'll get there yeah but 
yeah, it's in the meantime, it sucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Poor it, thing. She was really, really upset. Yeah. Well, and, and I, of course, went back to the office and worked on it and worked on it over the weekend and sent them something. I think it was uh, Saturday morning. Yeah. Saturday morning, I sent them a revised upstairs plan and immediately that started feeling better. I mean, they, they started feeling better. Oh, and good. Like, oh, good. He's, you know, there's. He's, he's obviously working his, his butt off to meet this solution. So, yeah. Um, it was just, you know, school doesn't prepare you for that. Mm-mm. Prepare you for that experience. And, you know, I'm going to be 50 in a little over a year. And it still hurts. <laughs> it still hurts yeah. to have, have those conversations. But Well, you know. so, yeah. And so if you're an intern, if you've just graduated or you're getting ready to graduate and go into an architecture firm, mm-hmm. See what you can do to get into those client meetings. So oh, yeah. to get in, not in front of the client, but just to be in the room so you can hear the conversations yeah. and really pay attention to how the, your mentor has those discussions uh, yeah. with their client because it, th- that is so useful. Yeah. And, and start to internalize it and practice the phrasing and the, you know, the steps and how they walk them through it and mm-hmm. how they stay calm through the discussion. And yeah. um, all of that is super important if, yeah. if you're going to be meeting with clients on your own. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And 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 push that process because there are you know, people who never, I mean, I think I was less than a year in and I went to my first client meeting with Holly or with Bill. Didn't say anything. I just sat there and looked, mm-hmm. <laughs> sat there looked stupid. But, you know, I don't. I'm just, you absorb it all and just listen and push for that because you need to learn those skills and you need to be able to do that. Um, James, uh, just a side story, kind of made me think of this. Um, James is doing what's called governance now. So they do all the in-house training for all the people, the project managers, their business analysts, any new software that comes out, any new, you know, this or that, they have to put the training together for it and do the training. Well, Someone in another group had something that it was, it was, well, we need to do this training for our people and we think it's really important and, you know, everyone needs to learn this stuff. And it was things like how to have a conference call and how to talk on the phone and how to properly send an email. He's like, wow, you gotta be kidding me. You know, if you don't know this stuff, you probably don't need to be working here. Yeah, you don't need to be doing things that require that if you don't already know it. He said, and do you have any idea how low on the totem pole that priority (laughs) is for us? (laughs) Because I have software coming out in two weeks that I've got to get training for everybody for. That is the last thing we're going to be thinking about doing. And But it struck me as being one of those things that, you know, you know, it's how can you not know? You know, how can you not know? We forget. We forget how much yeah. we didn't know yeah. years and years ago. Yeah. So it's the same thing. You know, you don't, you know, going into these meetings, you, you've got to push to be part of it so that you can learn those things. Well, and I've learned that too in the last couple of years is when you get that feeling in your stomach and you don't want to have the conversation, that's the very first thing you open your mouth and say. Yeah. You start with that, you get it on the table, you talk about it immediately yeah. and just say, I'm really uncomfortable with this and I just want to get it out there and let's talk about it. Yeah. And as soon as you do that, like you said, as soon as you start designing the new scheme, yeah. you feel better. Yeah. And then you can then you can handle the rest of it. But don't push it down. If you feel that feeling in your gut, yeah. get it out. Yeah. For sure. That makes all the difference. Definitely. 
Well, we've probably droned on a little yeah, bit too a little long. Bit. <laughs> Maybe so, but... Because we, we're so wise. We're we so wise share. and sage, yeah. <laughs> but we both, both had some experiences with this recently, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's been a and crazy week. It's been, yeah. Well, it's been a crazy year so far. I'm only six weeks into it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's just the way things roll. And, you know, every every project is a new experience. I don't care what anyone says. It's the exciting life of a residential architect. architect. Yes. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. So, and of course, um, we always tell you if you're in town, be sure to come out to Architecture Happy Hour. And you can find us on Facebook and on LinkedIn. And um, I actually started a Facebook page for Spotted Dog Architecture. So if you can find me on Facebook, please go out there and like me. <laughs> I don't have much. I, I just posted photos of my house on there, for the, the finish out for my house. So there's something on there to look at. Um, so I'm going to hopefully start, you know, spending some time doing and dealing with that. But of course, HPD is everywhere. You know, you can find their website, their Facebook page. I'm having There's... fun on Instagram right now. Oh, okay. So come well, find yeah, me, so HPD Instagram. Architecture. And then she always links it back to the Facebook. Yeah. So there's always, yeah. you know, you'll you'll find her. <laughs> She's out there. <laughs> you can't miss me. <laughs> and um, be sure to tune in. Well, the next podcast, we're going to do something new. We're actually going to interview someone who's not sitting in front of us. <laughs> so we're trying out some new software, and we're going to see how it works, and hopefully um, talk with the, um, I guess it's husband and wife architecture team mm-hmm. out in California, and uh, find out what they're doing and what's in their you know, wheelhouse and how's it working in California. Because yeah. it's a totally different experience. I know. That'll be fun. Yeah. Can't wait. So it'll be, it should be interesting. So be sure to tune in. In the meantime, have a lovely Valentine's Day. Don't forget, unless you want to get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> if you're married, if you're dating. Yeah. If you're single, we can't help you. If you're married or dating, definitely don't forget because, you know, you want to be able to go home at night. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk with everyone later. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye.